the story of Mary Jones and her Bible, Chapter 7, Tears That Prevail. Bela is even now a quiet little town situated near the end of Bela Lake on the north side of a wide cultivated valley. A hundred years ago it was more quiet and rural still. The scenery is pastoral in its character, hilly rather than mountainous, but well wooded and watered. The town is a favorite resort of people fond of shooting and fishing. Although it is a pretty, cheerful, healthy spot, but wanting in the imposing grandeur and rugged beauty of many other parts of North Wales. Such, then, was the place to which our little Huron's weary feet had brought her on the preceding evening, and such was the home for the greater part of his life of Thomas Charles of Vela. Mary's deep, dreamless sleep was not broken until her host knocked at her door at early dawning. Wake up, Mary Jones, my child. Mr. Charles is an early riser and will soon be at work. The dawn is breaking. Get up, dear. Mary started up, rubbing her eyes. The time had really come then, and in a few minutes she would know what was to be the result of her long waiting. Her heart beat quicker as she washed and dressed, but her excitement calmed when she sat down for a minute or two on the side of her bed and repeated the 23rd Psalm. The sweet words of the royal singer were the first that occurred to her, and now as she murmured, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, she felt as though she were of a truth being watched over and cared for by a loving shepherd and being led by him. She was soon ready, and David Edwards and his guests proceeded together to Mr. Charles' house. There's a light in his study, said the good old preacher. Our apostle is at his desk already. There are not many like him, Mary, always at work for the master. The world would be better had we much more men. Mary did not reply, but she listened intently as David Edwards knocked at the door. There was no answer, only the tread of a foot across the floor above, and the next moment the door opened, and Mr. Charles himself stood before them. Good morning, friend Edwards. And who brings you here so early? Come in, do, said the genial, hearty voice, which so many knew and had come to love. Then, as David Edwards entered, Mr. Charles noticed the little figure behind him in the doorway. A rather timid and shrinking little figure it was now, for Mary's courage was fast ebbing away, and she felt shy and frightened. A few words of exclamation passed between the old preacher and Mr. Charles. Then Mary was invited to enter the study. Now, my child, said Mr. Charles, don't be afraid, but tell me all about yourself, where you live, and what your name is, and what you want. At this, Mary took courage and answered all Mr. Charles' questions. Her voice, which at first was low and tremulous, strengthening as her courage returned. She told him all about her home and her parents, her longing when quite a child for a Bible of her own, then of the long years during which she had saved up her little earnings towards the purchase of a Bible, the sum being now complete. Then Mr. Charles examined her as to her scripture knowledge, and was delighted with the girl's intelligent replies, which showed how earnestly and thoroughly she had studied the book she loved so well. But how, my child, said he, did you get to know the Bible as you do, when you did not own one for yourself? Then Mary told him of the visits to the farmhouse, and how through the kindness of the farmer and his wife she had been able to study her Sunday school lessons and commit portions of scripture to memory. As she informed Mr. Charles of all that had taken place, and he began to realize how brave 
and patient and earnest and hopeful she had been through all these years of waiting, and how far she had now come to obtain possession of the coveted treasure, his bright face became overshadowed, and turning to David Edwards, he said sadly, I am indeed grieved that this dear girl should have come all the way from Laffenhangel to buy a Bible, and that I should be unable to supply her with one. The consignment of Welsh Bibles that I received from London last year was all sold out months ago, excepting a few copies which I have kept for friends whom I must not disappoint. Unfortunately, the society which was hereto supplied Wells with the scriptures declines to print any more, and where to get Welsh Bibles to satisfy our country's need I know not. Until now, Mary had been looking up to Mr. Charles' face with her great dark eyes full of hope and confidence. But as he spoke these words to David Edwards, and she noticed his overclouding face, and began to understand the full import of his words, the room seemed to her to darken suddenly, and dropping into the nearest seat, she buried her face in her hands and sobbed as perhaps few girls of her age had ever sobbed before. It was all over then, she said to herself, all of no use, the prayers, the longing, the waiting, the working, the saving for six long years, the weary tramp with bare feet, the nearer prospect of her hopes being fulfilled all, all in vain, and to a mind so stocked with Bible texts as hers, the language of the psalmist seemed the natural outburst for so great a grief. Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercies? All in vain, all of no use, and the poor little head lay, lay so erect, drooped lower and lower, and the sunburned hands, roughened by work and exposure, could not hide the great hot tears that rolled down, chasing each other's cheeks, over of which the accustomed rosy tint had fled, and falling unheeded through her fingers. There were a few moments during which only Mary's sobs broke the silence, but those sobs had appealed to Mr. Charles' heart with a pathos which he was wholly unable to resist. With his own voice broken and unsteady, he said as he rose from his seat, laid a hand on the drooping head of the girl before him, My dear child, I see you must have a Bible, difficult as it is for me to spare you one. It is impossible, yes, simply impossible, to refuse you. In the sudden revulsion of feeling that followed these words, Mary could not speak, but she glanced up with such a face of mingled rain and sunshine, such a rainbow smile, such a look of inexpressible joy and thankfulness in her brimming eyes, that the responsive tears gushed to the eyes of both Mr. Charles and David Edwards. Mr. Charles turned away for a moment to a book cupboard that stood behind him, and opening it, he drew forth a Bible. Then laying a hand once more on Mary's head, with the other he placed the Bible in her grasp, and looking down the while into the earnest, glistening eyes, upturned to him, he said, If you, my dear girl, are glad to receive this Bible, truly glad am I to be able to give it to you. Read it carefully, study it diligently, treasure up the sacred words in your memory, and act up to its teachings. And then as Mary, quite overcome with delight and thankfulness, began once more to sob, but softly and with sweet, happy tears, Mr. Charles turned to the old preacher and said huskily, David Edwards, it is not such a sight as this enough to melt the hardest heart. A girl so young, so poor, so intelligent, so familiar with scripture, compelled to walk all the distance from Lafayette to Bela, about fifty miles there and back, to get a Bible. From this day I can never rest until I find out some means of supplying the pressing wants of my country that cries out for the word of God.
half an hour later, Mary Jones, having shared David Edwards' frugal breakfast, set off on her homeward journey. The day was somewhat clear, but the child did not notice it. Her heart was full of sunshine. The wind blew strongly, but a great calm was in her soul, and her young face was so full of happiness that the simple folk she met on the way could not but notice her as she tripped but lively on, her bare feet seemingly hardly to press the ground, her eyes shining with deep content, while the wallet containing her newly found treasure was no longer slung across her back, but clapped close to her bosom. The sun rose and burst through the clouds, glorifying all the landscape, and onward steadily went Mary, her heart like the lark's song, full of thanksgiving, and her voice breaking out now and again into melody, to which the words of some old hymn or of a well-known and much-loved text set themselves without an effort on the girl's part. On still on she went, hating not the length and weariness of the way, and the afternoon came, and the sun set in the western heavens with a glory that made Mary think of the home prepared above for God's children. That heaven, with its walls of jasper, and its gates of pearl, and its streets of gold, and its light that needs nor sun nor moon, but streams from the life-giving presence of God himself. That evening Jacob and his wife were seated waiting for supper and for Mary. What news would the child bring? How had she sped? Had she received her Bible? These were some of the questions which the anxious parents asked themselves, listening the while for their daughter's return after the fatigues and possible dangers of her fifty miles walk. But the worthy couple were not long kept in suspense. Presently the light step, which they knew so well, approached the cottage. The latch was lifted, and Mary entered, weary, footsore, dusty, and travel-stained indeed, with happiness dimpling her cheeks and flashing in her eyes. And Jacob held out both arms to his darling, and as he clasped her to his heart, he murmured in the words of the prophet of old, Is it well with the child? And Mary, from the depths of a satisfied heart, answered solemnly, but with gladness, It is well. We sometimes see, and particularly in the case of young people, that great eagerness for the possession of some coveted article is followed by indifference when the treasure is safely in their hands. It was not so, however, with Mary Jones. The Bible for which she had toiled and waited and prayed and wept became each day more precious to her. The word of the Lord was indeed nigh unto her, even in her mouth and in her heart. Chapter after chapter was learned by heart, and the study of the Sunday school lessons became her greatest privilege and delight. If a question were asked by the teacher, which other girls could not answer, Mary was always appealed to, and was invariably ready with a thoughtful, intelligent reply. While committing to memory not only chapters, but whole books of the Bible, she was unrivaled both in the school and neighborhood. Nor was this all, for though to love and read and to learn the Bible are good things, this is not the sum of what is required by him who has said, If ye love me, keep my commandments. Mary's study of the Word of God did not prevent the more than ever faithful discharge of all her duties. Her mother, who had at one time feared that Mary's desire for book learning and longing to possess a Bible of her own might lead her to the neglect of her practical duties, was surprised and delighted to see that although there was a change indeed in the girl, it was a change for the better. The holy truths that sank into her heart were but the precious seed in good ground which brings forth fruit and a hundredfold, and the more in terror the consecration of that young heart to the Lord, the sweeter became even the commonest duties of life, because they were done for Him. Not very long after Mary's visit to Bela, she had the great pleasure of seeing again the kind friend with whom, in her memory, her beloved Bible would not always be associated, would now always be associated. Mr. Charles, in the course of his periodical visits to the various villages, 
where his circulating schools were established, came to Ambernoguillen to inspect the school there under the charge of Lewis Williams and by examining the children personally to assure himself of their progress. Among the bright young faces upturned to him, his observant eyes soon caught sight of one countenance that he had cause to remember with special and with deep interest, and the interest deepened still more when he found that from her alone all his most difficult questions received replies, and that her intelligence was only surpassed by the childlike humility which is one mark of the true Christian. We may be very sure that Mr. Charles did not miss this opportunity of saying a few kind words to his young friend, and that Mary in her turn treasured them up and remembered them through the many years and the various events of her after life.